0: Hey everyone. As you know, I'm a huge fan of living a healthy lifestyle, including taking the right supplements. Collagen is one of my favorite supplements. It is the most abundant protein in the human body. As we grow older, we break it down faster than we can replace it. This loss affects our skin, nails, hair, muscles, joints, and tendons, bones, and gut, making us look and feel old. Totem Voss is a wellness company that created a collagen chew for a real-life person, the 78-year-old mother of the founder. As a result, the quality is unrivaled. Totem Voss chews contain equal-part deep-sea Icelandic cod, domestic grass-fed beef, and organic chicken bone broth, along with companion ingredients such as vitamin C for full collagen synthesis. These varied sources address a greater range of collagen needs within the body. Their customers are reporting results with such problems as rosacea, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, degenerative disc disease, as well as improved hair, skin, and nails. Practitioners are finding the chews to be an effective tool in restoring gut health. You can find Totemvos—that's T-O-T-U-M-V-O-S—at GetChews.com. That's, T-O-T-U-M-V-O-S, that's GetCHeWs.com. Use code DrDiva. That's D-R-D-I-V-A for an additional 10% off your first order.
1: The human body is made to handle stress in bursts. But our society today is a constant stress 24-7. And we weren't designed that way. We were designed to have bursts of stress rather than constant stress. Many times patients with chronic illness, for example, if you're chronically sick, your adrenals tend to be low. So there's many different contributing factors to this, but in our society today, generally stress, lack of sleep, poor diet, and too
0: much caffeine. Hello, this is Dr. Deva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today I'm joined with Dr. David Bornstein. He is New York's leading integrative and functional medicine physician, sport certified by multiple medical associations, including American College for Advancement in Medicine and American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Dr. Bornstein combines the best of traditional and holistic medicine. He's the founder of Manhattan Integrative Medicine. He obtained his medical degree from Technion in Haifa, Israel, and completed his internship at Staten Island University Hospital. During the course of his career, he has attended numerous specialized training courses in order to expand the scope of his medical expertise. He is board certified in physical medicine and rehabilitation, certified in medical acupuncture, and is a member of numerous professional societies. He has held many prestigious clinical appointments and positions in leading medical facilities. He's been published in the European Journal of Ultrasound and has been the chief investigator on a research project on spinal cord injuries. Dr. Bornstein, how are you this afternoon? I'm
1: good. How are you doing?
0: Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, as I was reading your bio, I didn't realize this until as I was reading, and I was like, you're also a pm specialist. And... Uh, it's very rare to find PM&R specialists who go into the path of integrative medicine, functional medicine, and so forth. And uh, I went into PM&R and then went and did a fellowship in interventional pain, and that's how I entered into my path of integrative medicine. But curious, how, how did you start specializing and in getting into integrative medicine?
1: Sure, I've always had the interest of uh, in- integrative medicine and functional medicine. I think, unfortunately, when you're in medical school and residency, the concept and the idea of integrative medicine is, is quite downplayed, but I always had an interest in it. And I was lucky in my residency, I had a attending and a chairman who was actually quite supportive of uh, my interest in integrative medicine. When I left my residency, um, before I started my private practice, I got several jobs working in different clinics, and one of them was an integrative medical clinic. And I worked there initially once a week, then twice a week. Uh, I loved it. I went into courses, got many certifications, and then I said, you know, let me know about my own practice. And that's exactly what I did. So I did more and more of it. And now my practice is primarily functional medicine and integrative medicine.
0: That's excellent. And a lot of people have had personal ailments and whether it's dealing with them or their family. And I've detailed on my show how, you know, much of the reason why I got into integrative medicine was through by accident because I was researching on why I developed uh, and, and, and had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and, and it just you know made sense that it was all related to lifestyle choices. Was that any part of your choice into really specializing in, in getting into integrative medicine, or was it purely the, the, the science of it all that made sense to you?
1: Actually, you have a very interesting experience because before I did physical medicine rehabilitation, I did one year of radiation oncology, which is exactly what you do for what you had. And I always had an interest in, I guess, non-traditional approaches to uh, oncology. You know, in medicine, you know, what do we do? We do chemo, radiation, in your particular, what you had, and of course, surgery. And I always thought there's other options you can do. And even doing my term uh, working radiation oncology, that was very poo-pooed. You can't say the word alternative or integrative uh, oncology is a field that does not like that word and does not, not like anything in that direction so i left it i wasn't i wasn't happy uh, with what i saw and i went into rehab and i was much happier but it only increased my interest in looking at integrative functional and alternative ways of treating disease and now i do a lot of repurposing of drugs for oncology and a lot of integrative oncology
0: so um I kind of went the direction you did. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's funny, I, I, what's coming to mind is that as I was talking to my oncologist, and I was also asking my oncologist, you know, and trying to be proactive when I was diagnosed, and I didn't know anything about integrative medicine or, or anything like that, just from the little bit of red at the time of diagnosis. And I was like, what about diet and lifestyle modifications? And, you know, what can I do? And he's like, you know. I've had people who've changed their diet. I've had people do this and do that, and nothing seems to help except for the chemo. And looking back at that now, I was like, "Wow, you <laughs> know, if only I had if he he had known, and if I only I had actually taken advantage of some of the lifestyle strategies way ahead of time." And so that's kind of why I'm here—is really to to really help educate people and bring people on like yourself to talk about lifestyle changes, and that could actually make a difference in people's lives and prevent them from ultimately. Having some sort of chronic condition that can plague them forever. So, I appreciate the work that you do and all of the practitioners that are out there. But what really interests me specifically is you know, often as we get older and under a lot of chronic stress, sometimes we get this diagnosis of issues with a poorly functioning adrenal gland. And I'd like to go into our show more and talk about adrenal insufficiency and adrenal fatigue, but this particular gland is something that most listeners or most people don't know that exists because it's not something that we talk about. So can you kind of go into a little bit of detail as to what the adrenal gland is and, and, and why we have one?
1: Well, that's a great question. And let's talk about what is adrenal fatigue. Basically adrenal fatigue, it's a group of signs and symptoms that result when your adrenal function is suboptimal below the level necessary to deal with stress. Now, Remember when in the uh, many, many years ago, and I mean many, many years ago, when we were cavemen, we generally had a very quiet life with areas of bursts. You know, the tiger would come attack us and then, you know, we have a burst of energy fighting the tiger and we go back to the regular low level of stress. But as time goes on and our society has changed, we went from a society where we had burst of stress to constant stress. Remember, years ago, we didn't have all the great communication. Things were slower, things were quieter, we slept more. We, You know, our great grandparents slept nine hours, and our grandparents slept eight hours, and now we lucky if we sleep six to seven hours a night. So a lot of the things we do have changed, and now we have a situation of chronic stress. This leads us to a situation where we don't have enough adrenal hormone, cortisol, to deal with your daily life. And then you become tired, You you can't get out of bed, you crash. And then many times you get a spike of energy at night, you get dizzy, you get low blood pressure. So these are some of the things that we find in people who have chronic stress and develop what we call collectively as adrenal fatigue.
0: And adrenal fatigue, as we're, what we're discussing, really isn't something that's recognized by Western medicine. Am I correct? thousand
1: percent correct. In Western medicine, we recognize extremes. Too much Cortisol, we know, we call it uh, Cushing syndrome, too little cortisol is called Addison's. We don't recognize that there is a spectrum. We have a diagnosis. I just give you an example. If your cortisol level in the morning is 4.9, that's considered low. If it's 5.1, it's considered normal. Now, it's not a huge difference, but we have a low cutoff and we don't treat or recognize adrenal fatigue as a spectrum The people can still have a normal cortisol level, what is defined as normal in your lab work, and still have all of these symptoms of low adrenals.
0: Now, is it just the specific low levels in the morning, or are you also taking levels throughout the day and comparing that to what a baseline person should have in order to diagnose adrenal fatigue?
1: There's another to to diagnose it. The initial way you can do it is, is by checking a morning cortisol. Now, cortisol levels are supposed to be very, relatively high in the morning, let's say 8 a.m. So you can get through the day. And at 8 p.m., it's supposed to go down to a low level so you can go to sleep at night. So there's a rhythm, high in the morning, low in the evening. In patients with adrenal fatigue, they may have that opposite syndrome. They may be, usually they're very low in the morning, they can't get out of bed and they crash during the day. And then in the evening they get this second burst of, of cortisol and they can't go to bed. They stay awake. So yeah, they still have adrenal fatigue, but their cortisol levels are higher in the evening when they should be lower and they can't fall asleep. And that even contributes to it because one of the contributing factors to adrenal fatigue is sleep issues. So yeah, the, the, the rhythms change, the levels change and it's unfortunately, as you mentioned earlier, not recognized as much in Western medicine.
0: What is the cause for these abnormal fluctuations of cortisol levels um, and why it deviates from the standard? Is it just because of, you know, like we're talking about it earlier, the, the burst of uh, fight or flight that's in our lives?
1: Well, yes. Well, the, the, like I said earlier, the human body is made to handle stress in bursts but our society today is a constant stress 24 seven. And we weren't designed that way. Humans were not designed to be that. We were designed to have bursts of stress rather than constant stress. So what happens, you have constant stress, your cortisol levels constantly are high. Now, initially as a young person, you're nice and high, but eventually you're not gonna be able to handle it and it's gonna drop as you get older and the stress increases. We don't sleep as much. We drink five cups of coffee a day We have a lot of gluten and dairy and uh, high fructose corn syrup and simple sugars, which are not very good for the diet. So uh, many times patients with chronic illness, for example, if you're chronically sick, your adrenals tend to be low. So there's many different contributing factors to this, but in our society today, generally stress, lack of sleep, poor diet, and
0: too much caffeine. So those are the common causative factors. So what about, Symptoms, the constellation of symptoms of of adrenal fatigue.
1: There are a lot of them. Difficulty getting out of bed in the morning, crashing during the day, a spike of energy at night, dizziness, low blood pressure, excessive urination, craving for salt, dark circles under the eyes, episodes of hypoglycemia, low blood sugar. Um, These are one of the many symptoms of adrenal fatigue and certainly
0: the most common. To my memory, I was diagnosed in a, in a stage, I'd stage four adrenal fatigue. What are the categories of adrenal fatigue and what places someone in a category of one or two or, or even four? Is it a specific level oh. of cortisol that's deficient in their system or overproduced?
1: Well, there are many, you know, you can, you can describe it as mild, moderate, severe. Some of the companies that test it have four different levels. Um, I mean, one of the things with adrenal fatigue, and I find is is that sometimes the testing does not correlate well with the physical findings. So my patients have every possible symptom of adrenal fatigue. and in the numbers, I mean, it's there, but it's not so severe. And then I have the opposite. I have patients who usually younger, who can you know go party all night and they they have plenty of a good amount of energy, but they still have significant adrenal fatigue because eventually, They're young, they can handle it, but eventually they're going uh, to crash. But I I think the best way to define it is, you know, either a mild, moderate, severe, and it's quite arbitrary how you can do that. There are several different parameters that one can do. There's no really official accepted guideline. But the issue is, is that if you have the symptoms of low adrenals, the symptoms that I mentioned earlier, whether it's an early, middle or late stage, You know, it it has to be addressed and it has to be, you know, uh, corrected for, or else it's just going to get worse and worse and worse.
0: Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all have helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in oncology, cancer, healing, and medical eBooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. You've also helped us hit number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't received your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or booksatmillion.com. Visit from doctor2patient.com to to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. If you like our book and podcast, please go to amazon.com to write a five-star review and go to Apple Podcasts also write a five-star review on this podcast or any of our episodes that you've enjoyed we need reviews to attract and secure top-notch guests for this show thank you so much for your support the symptoms that you've described that comprise of adrenal fatigue can really overlap with a lot of other conditions that are out there, specifically mental health issues like depression. Do they go hand in hand or are they completely two different types of issues?
1: Oh, they do. They do. There's a lot of overlap. Um, I should have mentioned earlier, vitamin and mineral deficiencies, hormones. I mean, there's so much overlap. And that's why in many conditions such as renal fatigue, they don't exist in isolation. One has to look outside the box and test many different parameters not just the adrenal gland. Uh, for example, every patient that comes to me, I do extensive adrenal testing. We can test the adrenal several different ways. You can do it by blood, you can do it by saliva, you can do it by urine. Each has its advantages and disadvantages at its costs. I also check thyroid, is very important to check thyroid function, vitamin and mineral deficiencies, hormones, male and female hormones, viruses, um, just so much you have to check out because as you mentioned, there's a lot of overlap. So one can have adrenal fatigue and one can have thyroid issues and usually they go hand in hand. It's very rare that I see a patient with comes into me, they think everything is thyroid, thyroid, and then you look, yeah, there's some thyroid issue, but it's mostly adrenal and vice versa. So nothing is looked at in isolation. You have to look at the entire picture.
0: Mm, no, thank you for that. And yeah, I guess and as we physicians, we call that as a differential diagnosis and yeah, it seems to be very widespread. And uh, it's interesting how a lot of people are just misdiagnosed and then they're labeled as something having fibromyalgia or depression. You know, these are the type of patients that I saw when I was practicing medicine. And I, I kind of wish at the time that I was able to identify if they were indeed suffering from adrenal fatigue because I'm pretty confident that they would have gotten a lot better. In terms of your approach to treating Patients with adrenal fatigue I'm sure you have a multi-pronged layered approach so I'd love to hear your way you treat
1: sure as you said it's definitely a multi-pronged approach first of all we talk about relaxation techniques and there's several that we can go through dietary changes reduction in caffeine um, improving your sleep um, and we work on different ways on improving sleep hygiene then we talk about using adrenal extracts, adrenal granulars, things like adaptogens that balance it. Uh, sometimes we use licorice root, high dose vitamin C, these supplements, okay? So um, this is the way we treat the adrenals. And sometimes in severe patients, we actually give the patient some hydrocortisone to make up for the balance until the adrenals can improve on their own.
0: Let's go back to the glandular. This is something that's really interesting. I didn't know this was even something that you could use, but. It's a very interesting concept of how to treat this i mean right it's actually pure it is an adrenal gland you know of 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 an animal i think it's a it's a, a cow or of some sort but yeah um, talk virus. to us a little bit about that
1: yeah basically they take the adrenal glands from cows and they put in a capsule through a whole process and you take that extract and it can help with adrenal function by giving nourishment to the adrenal gland yeah
0: and I'm assuming that the reason why you're using high dose vitamin C is because of the antioxidants, or is there another rationale as to how this affects adrenal fatigue?
1: That's one of the ways uh, vitamin C uh, can help, and uh, we do know that vitamin C is very important uh, cofactor in many metabolic processes. But the adrenal gland loves vitamin C, so I like to give as you know as much as patients can uh, can take. Uh, that being said, you know it's only one part of a, of a very comprehensive program, and we work very hard to stress that to our patients that, you know, it's not just taking the grain, Liz, you got to do some of the lifestyle changes. You got to, you know, reduce some of that stress, which is, look, that's extremely hard today. It's like, it's like, you know, telling someone, you know, go lose 50 pounds. It, It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't, it's an easy thing to do and having, you know, COVID and, you know, the situation around COVID doesn't exactly take away from our stress. It only made it worse. But, you know, it's it certainly, I, I want to tell people that this is certainly something that can be addressed and treated.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, I would imagine you use a lot of adaptogens, you know, in treating adrenal fatigue. And, um, can you talk a little bit about what an adaptogen is and what types that you like to use for your patients? Sure. Basically, adaptogen
1: is, is uh, something that's going to help regulate cortisol uh, levels, keep them where they should be. Things like ash- ashwagandha and, uh, and ginseng. Work very very well. I have them all in one formula, and they work really oh, nice. really well. You know? and I'm a big fan of of, uh, of ginseng and uh, and ashwagandha. Those are my two favorites. Licorice, licorice root uh, liquid also works very well. Yeah. So those are some of the adaptogens that we use, but they're all they're all in one. It works easy, easy sure. that way.
0: And I guess with lifestyle changes, I mean, this all goes with it, right? I mean, that's probably everything that you see in your office and you diagnose and treat. I mean, you you can give them the supplements, you can give them things to help. But in the end, it's really about a patient being very proactive with their approach to life and, and making these changes. Like if they're really stressed, then you have to ab- obviously implement you know relaxation techniques, whether it's breathing exercises, meditation, any of those types of things that can help the patient not only now, but in the long run. What are your favorite types of relaxation and meditations that you like to utilize for your clients or patients?
1: Deep breathing exercises, yoga, anything... I think, I think the deep breathing is, is among the easiest things that people can do. And, you know, yoga, there's a technique known as tapping. And you can go on YouTube and see that. Um, meditation works beautifully. The problem is we're so busy in our lives. Everything's just busy. Rush, 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 rush. We're, especially here, I live in New York, and this is a rat race here in New York. This is not, you know, a quiet, you know, rural area where things are a little bit slower. New York's a rat race, and we see... More adrenal fatigue here than anywhere probably in the United States. It's really, really a, um, you know, symbol of, you know, what adrenal fatigue is. But a lot of the times, you know, it's very hard for a patient to control their stress. Many times they can't deal with the fact they don't have a job. These are common things, you know, that a lot of my patients, they're in a job that they just can't, they just hate, but they can't get out of because they have to pay the bills. Uh, I have patients whose parents are like in their nineties and, they spend all their time taking care of elderly parents. And if you've ever done that, it's a very, very difficult thing to do. So I mean, there's a lot of stressors and sometimes you just can't take those stresses out of your life, even if you want to. So yeah. that makes it all the more difficult to treat.
0: And for your patients who are starting this treatment algorithm that's given by you, what's the average like turnaround where they start to feel better and start to be able to modulate their stress levels and come out of this adrenal fatigue?
1: Well, most of the patients after several months are gonna start getting uh, a response. But adrenal fatigue can take sometimes more than a year, even a year and a half to heal. It takes a very long time, especially if you had it for for a long period of time. It does require you to be on supplements and all this. And even after the adrenal fatigue is here, you don't want it to come back. You still have to make the lifestyle changes. But most of the patients do respond after relatively, you know, after a month or two of being on supplements, they say, hey, you know, I got a little more energy, I'm sleeping a little better. But for long term, we're talking probably over a year.
0: Wow. Okay. I mean, the the goal is is to help these patients of yours in the short term, you know, to do what you can do in order to have them feel better, get some sleep and allow them to improve in an acute stage. But over time, do you find that they need these supplements or Typically the relaxation techniques and other mindfulness strategies and and dietary changes, does that typically take over where they don't have to use these supplements anymore?
1: Well, there's a point where we will try to taper the patients off the supplements. But here's the problem. It's hard for a lot of people to just get that stress out of their life. It's hard. They just can't. You know, if they if their parents are around and elderly parents, you know, they're still gonna have that issue. If people are in a situation where they hate their job and they still hate it. It's going to be hard. Yeah. We've gotten, we've gotten patients all for the supplements. Uh, but sometimes they need to come back on it because the stress just comes back. Um, the best thing people can do is, is just move to a desert Island and not be you know stressed out, move to a place where there's very little stress, but that's, that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, and so, and a lot of the times you just can't, you can't change that. It's just the way right. it is. So, um, you do your best, but, um, you know, every, every patient is going to be different. Some can get off the supplements. Some need to be on it for a long period of time before right. they can even consider getting off. Mm-hmm.
0: When I have practitioners like yourself come on, I like to see if you can come up with a nice case study of yours where a patient came in with, you know, really horrible adrenal fatigue and, you know, I love to hear success stories with, with their outcomes. You have one in mind?
1: Oh, I do. And this patient was, was complicated because not only did she have adrenal fatigue, she had thyroid issues, hormonal issues chemical sensitivity, ELOS, Danlos syndrome, you name it, she had it, <laughs> you know, um, POTS, uh, you name it, she had it, very sweet lady, and uh, took us about a year and a half, but uh, she was very, very happy, we just started off with the basics, I did, uh, you know, all the blood work we can, and we put her, not only on the adrenal extracts, but she was put on the hydrocortisone, she was put on a drug called Florinef, to, because she was using losing a lot of uh, a lot of water, so we put her on a drug to help prevent that. We found some of the thyroid issues that she had, and we addressed those issues. And it was rough going for about six months. It was very rough going. And then all of a sudden, she started to do slightly better and better. And now her uh, adrenal fatigue is certainly manageable. She will need to be on the adrenal supplements probably for a prolonged period of time. She's still taking adrenal medications, uh, the hydrocortisone and the F which are medications for medication for increasing aldosterone. But, you know, she is probably the poster child of my success. And she went to a number of different doctors and they all waved her off. They didn't. That's yeah, so what I was going to ask. Yeah, uh, they waved her How off. many,
0: how many years of doctors did she actually go through before she found you? You know, it's just, it's, uh, I'm sure that's a lot. You get that a lot.
1: I get that all the time. And, you know, unfortunately the way the medical system is today, uh, we practice what I call assembly line medicine. And I think, that's That's unfortunate, and that came about for several reasons, number one, because of the uh, insurance situation. you know the doctor can only spend seven, eight minutes with you, and then he or she is on to the next patient. They're not going to sit there and give you the time that you need to deal with the with the problem. They'll tell you that oh, it's probably in your head or it's too much stress and and say goodbye, and they won't sit down and literally do the detective work to find out, hey, what's going on here. And it's a shame because um, there's probably you know thousands and thousands of people, maybe in the millions, who are, are feeling this way, and we cannot you know, get to every one of them who needs to care. Right. Right.
0: Well, Dr. Borenstein, for my listeners, for anyone else who wants to find more information about you, what's the best way to, to find out? Sure. You
1: can go directly to my website, which is www.DavidBorensteinMD, I'll spell it, D-A-V-I-D, B-O-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N-M-D.com. That's for the website of Manhattan Integrative Medicine here in New
0: York. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join me today and talk about a really important topic, adrenal fatigue. And yeah, thanks so
1: much. Thank you for having me.